many have your Bibles today? Let me see your, let me see your Bible. How many have your cell phone today? Now, how, seriously, how many have your cell phone today? I'd say more people have their cell phone. Oh, you know I'm on metal, don't you? Can I go there? Can I go there? Somebody sent me this, and, and it's, been, it's been hanging out for a little while, but I thought I'd share it. What, ever wonder what would happen if we treated our Bible like we treat our cell phone? <laughs> what if we carried it around in our purses or in our pockets every day? Mm -hmm. What if we flipped through it several times throughout the day? What if we turned back to get it if we forgot it somewhere? What if we used it to receive messages from the text? <laughs> mm -hmm. What if we treated it like we couldn't live without it? What if we gave it to our kids as gifts? Making sure that they had this everywhere so that they would be able to communicate properly. What if we used it when we traveled? What if we used it in case of emergency? Anybody have your Bible with you today? Oh, there's just one more thing. Unlike our cell phone, we don't have to worry about our Bible being disconnected because Jesus already paid the bill. Does anybody have your Bible with you today? <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank God for His Word, His authoritative, inspired, almighty Word. Hallelujah. I want you to open up your Bible and I want you to turn to the Gospel according to John. John chapter 16. Would you go there with me? As you are finding John chapter 16, let me make an announcement to you. I told you earlier that we were praying about appointing someone to a vacant chair on our board. After further prayer and us discussing as a board, we feel it best to leave that chair vacant until our annual meeting, which is coming up in March. So I'm just letting you know this bit of information so you can be praying about uh, who would help us in this manner at that time. Thirteen forty-eight First Avenue. I still remember the address of the home that I lived in when I was in first, second, third, and a little bit of fourth grade. Thirteen forty-eight First Avenue. Now, you need to understand that when I say First Avenue. If you live in Terre Haute, that says something. Because how many know everything speaks? First Avenue was not the upper end. First Avenue wasn't where the rich folks were living. First Avenue was the other side of the tracks. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Anybody ever lived on the other side of the tracks before? Mm -hmm. I lived at 1348 First Avenue during those three and a half years of my life. Three and a half really critical years. And I remember I had to walk to the elementary school, Ben Franklin Elementary School, about eight blocks away, I guess, or so. So I found my route to school, and I found my route home. About second grade, I guess it was. I remember dreading coming home from school because every day on my route home, there was Larry and Dwayne Gibson. Now, why they picked me out of everybody else, I'll never know. I still don't know to this day because I'm a really nice guy. And I didn't pick on anybody. Maybe so. But 
but they targeted me, Robert. And this Larry was in my grade, and Dwayne was a year younger. But together, there was a for, they were a force to be reckoned with. They, they had mouths like sailors, and they were only in first and second grade. But I heard words coming out of their mouths that I'd never heard before, and I didn't even know what they meant. But the way they said them, I didn't think they were very good. And they'd pick on me. They'd hit me. They would, they'd get me in a half Nelson or a full Nelson or a headlock, and they'd take, take whatever I'd have. Some, I didn't have any more lunch money because I ate lunch, but they just picked on me. And I was just dread traveling back down to my home. But a light bulb came on for me one day. And I found out I don't have to travel the same route home that I did before. <laughs> now remember, I'm only seven years old. Haven't got it all figured out. I just figured that's the way, that's the way I was taught to come home. Maybe the way my parents told me to come home. The way everybody else went on. I don't know. But I found out one day, God well, I don't have to walk that same path home every day. I do not have to walk into the trouble every day. I can actually find another way home. I can actually find another path away from the trouble. And that's what I did. I learned how to avoid them. I learned how to go around the trouble. Trouble is unfortunately a part of our lives. And we should not be surprised when it comes knocking on our door or landing in our lap. Jesus prophesied, in fact, in John chapter 16 and verse number 33, he said, these things I have spoken to you that in me, somebody say in me, you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If you're thankful that Jesus said, I've overcome the world, why don't you just lift up one hand and just say thank you right now. We thank you for your word. We're expecting to be changed by it. We know, God, that you have sent it with a purpose. You have sent it with intent. And I pray that what you wanted to accomplish today through your word, let that be done. Let it not return to you void. But may we be challenged. May we be changed by your word in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus took some time before he ended this chapter. Now, we have made it a chapter. He's just actually talking right now. Okay? We have subdivided the text and made it easy for us, as Dr. Davis told us a week ago. He's just talking. But right before he concludes right here, he says, Now, these things I've told you or I've spoken to you about, what things is he talking about? We're going to back up a little bit to find out why he said what he said right here. But it is clear he's trying to give the disciples a heads up. He's trying to give the disciples a warning. There's trouble around the bend. He's trying to tell the disciples, I know something that you don't know, and I want to prepare you properly. He's trying to tell the disciples, I see something that you don't see. And I want you to be ready for it. That's why he's talking with his disciples the way that he is. There were dark days ahead for his disciples. For instance, Jesus already knew that he was going to be, to be betrayed by one that he loved very much. His inner circle. He was going to be betrayed in just a few days by one of his very own disciples, Judas. He's also trying to forewarn them. There's a trial ahead. And you're going to forsake me. You're going to flee from me. Even though they thought there's no way. In fact, Peter said, I'll die first. Peter, cocky Peter, you know, hot-headed Peter. Zealous Peter says, not so, Lord. I'm not, I won't be that. I won't be in that crowd. And Jesus says, oh, yeah? Before the rooster crows. How many of y'all know when the rooster crows? In the morning. I'm just talking about 12 short hours. Less than 24 for sure. Before the rooster crows, Mr. Know-it-all, 
you're going to deny me three times. He's trying to tell them there's some trouble ahead. There's some darkness ahead. And the ultimate trouble, of course, is, well, he's going to be crucified. There's a crucifixion ahead. There's a death ahead. Dark days. What does he do? He takes time to talk to them. These things I have spoken to you. What things? I hope you have your Bible. I really do. I'll throw some scripture up on the screens for you, but I would really like you to have that open on your lap and just kind of follow along with me. I, I want to hear the pages turning. I want, I want us to get our, our spiritual shovels out and dig something out of the Word today. Come on, anybody bring your shovel with you? Come on, let's dig something out of the Word today. Let's find a treasure today. Let's find, a, let's find some jewels today. Let's find something hidden that God could reveal to us. He told them, for instance, about heaven. Flip back to John 14 if you've got your Bible open. John 14, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, and I'm going now to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. He encouraged them with a thought of eternal living. He encouraged them with a hope of another place to live forever. He told them about heaven. He told them, secondly about the Holy Spirit. If you're in, in John 14, now skip over to verse, let's, let's say 16. Let's start there. He said, and I will pray to the Father and He will give you another helper. Somebody say another helper. Come on, say another helper. And that He may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. Look at this, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, he says. I will come to you a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. And Judas, not Iscariot, is all confused. He said, hold up a minute. <laughs> Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. But these things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, now say the helper. The Holy Spirit, say the Holy Spirit. The helper who is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things, and He will bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. And He closes this portion by saying, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He comforted the disciples and properly prepared them for trouble by telling them about heaven by telling them about the Holy Spirit. And he also did this by reminding them they were his friend. He was their friend. So today, folks, I want to help you in your troubled time. If you're not there now, just hold on. Just hold on. 
It probably won't be long, and it will come knocking on your door. You'll face, stand face to face with trouble. And I know there are some in this room right now, you're already there. You're already walking in it. You're already facing it. Some feel stuck in it. Not after today. We're going to push you out of the mud today. We're going to rock you back and forth till you come out of that and you get on your way. Hallelujah. I want to help you to be prepared for trouble. So let's, let's really dissect this. Let's, let's delve into this today. First of all, the first thing that will give you the peace that you need for the troubled times and the hope that you need is the hope of heaven. The hope of heaven. Just remember, this is not the final resting place. This is only a temporary stop for us. We're only passing through. He said, in this world you will have tribulation. In this world you will have trouble. How true it is. Some of the trouble, however, that we face is our own doing or our own undoing. <laughs> it's our own issues. It's our own fault. It's our own selfish nature. Can't blame anybody else, not even the devil, on some of the trouble that you have. Some of the trouble that you face, you got into it. You knew it was there, you knew it was dangerous, and you still got into it. Now you have to suffer the consequences because everything you sow, you reap. You planted the poor seeds, so now you've got to eat the bitter fruit that grew from it. Some trouble is specific and unique. It is your own. The best way to get out of that kind of trouble is don't go through those doorways, those gateways anymore. The best way to get out of that kind of trouble is stop planting the poor seeds and you won't have to eat the bitter fruit of it when it grows. There's a way that you can get out of that trouble. But there's other trouble that we face that we have nothing to do with. We, it's, it's no fault of our own. In this world, you'll have trouble. I think we're, our world is more troubled today than it ever has been. Perhaps... Pastors throughout the ages have said this very same thing. I, I don't know. But I feel our world is troubled. I feel our world is in trouble. Because you cannot continue to pull away from Almighty God and not find trouble. Every step that you take away from God, you are stepping into danger. And you're stepping into trouble. And our world keeps pulling away from God. Our nation has pulled away from God. We were at one time one nation under God. We were at one time a nation that said, in God we trust. May we become that again. We were a nation at one time that had our Ten Commandments that we find in the Bible posted on our court, court's walls. We were a nation at one time that not only allowed prayer in school, it was encouraged and led by the administration and teachers and principals. But somewhere along the line, some people who thought they knew better than God, some people who thought they knew better than God's people, some people who thought they knew better than God's word decided to make some choices. And it affected all of us. And so some of the trouble that we face in our world and in our nation, even in our state, let's just face it, California is in trouble. Is it your fault? Is it my fault? No. Let me just do a little commercial right here, away from the pulpit. Tuesday, anybody know what Tuesday is? Come on, Tuesday's election day. I don't, I don't, I don't do this. But I say we need to make a, a point to get our voice heard. We need to be voting, church. 
You need to get into the booth and vote. You need to get to the polls and vote. If you do not vote, you have no right saying one word. And I understand that sometimes the choices aren't that appealing uh, either way. I get that. But we still have a, a, a privilege, really, but an obligation to get to the polls and to vote. And that's good preaching whether it's chapter and verse or not. I said that's good preaching whether it's chapter and verse or not. All right, I'm going to move on. Some of y'all looking at me like a mule looking at a new gate. Heaven. We have tribulation on earth. We have troubles in this world. Some are our own, some are not our fault. We still have trouble in the world. You want to take a ride with me? I brought my helicopter today. Sister Bradshaw, it's, it's like Wonder Woman's plane. You can't see it. It's invisible, but it's got room for all of us. I want you to get in the helicopter with me. That's what I call it. I call it just getting above the muck and the mire. Sometimes we think our situation is all, all that. We think it's, it's so big and it's, it's, it's debilitating and it freezes us and, and we can't move on from here. But if we'll just get up above it, if we'll just get up higher a little bit, we get up in the helicopter, we find out that that's absolutely nothing in, in light of eternity, in contrast of our eternal living. Our temporary sorrows cannot be compared to our eternal resting place and our eternal living. Sometimes we just have to get up in the hot air balloon. Sometimes we just have to get up in the plane. Sometimes we need to get up in the helicopter and see it from another perspective. What you're going through right now is not forever. There's a mansion being built with your name on it. Hallelujah, there are streets of gold that our shoes are going to walk on, our feet are going to walk on. There's a pearly gate that I'm going to step through. There's a crystal sea that I'll gaze upon. Hallelujah. Mm. Anybody ready for your mansion? Anybody ready for your mansion? Hallelujah. I've got a mansion. Just over the hill In that bright land Where we'll never grow Someday yonder And someday yonder We will never more wander But walk on streets that There's coming a day, folks. There's coming a day. Keep your eye on the prize. Keep your heart on the, uh, on the eternal, not the temporal. It's just a temporary home. Oh, I found this lyric. Alex, maybe you'll remember this. Good old song is called, This World is Not My Home. Verse 1 says, this world is not my home. I'm only passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. My Savior, pardon me, from guilt and shame I know. I'll trust His saving grace while traveling here below. I know He'll welcome me at heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. I have a precious mother up in glory land. I don't expect to stop until I clasp her hand. For me, she's waiting now at heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. The saints in glory land are shouting victory. I want to join their band and live eternally. I hear the sweetest praise from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, I know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, 
Oh, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. Thank you. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Anybody ready to go home? Hey, come on. If you just think about heaven, if you think about your mansion, if you think about your loved ones who have already gone before, it makes our sorrows here so temporary and fleeting. Hallelujah. But some may say, well, that's great, Pastor Steve. But who knows when we're going to get to heaven? And all of, That's exactly right. Leslie answered the question very, very uh, appropriately. God, who knows God? You've got a birth date, but you've got a death date. Each person in here, that's just the facts. The only thing that will interrupt that, the only thing that will stop the death date is a trumpet. Come on, Miss Bonnie. Hallelujah. Woo! A trumpet is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise and those of us which remain are going to be caught up. Somebody say caught up. We're going to be caught up to meet them in the air and forever we will be with the Lord. See, I could just stay right here on this point because I'm excited about heaven. But we have some living right here. So some may say, well, then are you suggesting we just have to endure and put up with? I'm really not. I believe that God has given us everything that we need to actually live a victorious life while we're still walking on this side, while we're still on earth. I don't believe that we just have to endure it and, and, and put up with it and just take it. I believe God has given us everything that we need. And it even gets better than that. You're housing it. The second thing that I want to encourage you with in preparing for trouble, the Holy Spirit. So powerful. Everything that you need to be victorious, to conquer is inside of you. This passage of scripture, by the way, in, in chapter 15, I, I, want, I, I don't have the time to really develop this and pull out all of the, all the goodness in it. But this is a wonderful passage of scripture in John 15. John 14, I'm sorry. Yeah, John 14 in verse 16 through 27. You've got to reread this. It is a wonderful uh, passage supporting the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm leaving, but before you panic, I'm giving you a gift. The gift is a help, a helper. I'm going to send you a helper. I need all the help I can get. I love when someone comes alongside of me with, with a skill set that I don't have, with knowledge that I don't have, with ability and talent that I don't have. And then together, we can accomplish some things because I probably possess some skill set and talent and ability that they don't have. That's why this is so important, us coming together. But the Holy Spirit possesses all that we need. And He's inside of us. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he talks about the Father's going to give this, and, and then we are going to come and we'll dwell with you, but we'll also be in you. And Judas is like, hang on a minute, you lost me. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. It is, it is kind of confusing to people who don't understand. And he even said, listen, the world's not going to receive this because they're not going to understand. They're not going to know him. But you will know him. And you do know him, church. You know God by His Spirit, and He is inside of you. He's living in your heart house. How many have the Holy Spirit living in your heart house today? Then you have everything you need to be properly prepared for your trouble. Jesus called the Holy Spirit the comforter. When you're distressed, know the Holy Spirit will comfort you. When you feel like giving up, and caving in, the Holy Spirit is there to help you. 
The Holy Spirit dwells within the heart of every believer. So comfort is available from Him all the time. Teaching. This is another role that the Holy Spirit, He's a comforter, He's a teacher. He will teach us how to properly walk, how to talk, where we should go, where we shouldn't go. All of this available from the Holy Spirit. He will also remind us. It says He will bring to your remembrance those things which I have taught you. Now where are the things that Jesus taught? Where are they recorded? Mm -hmm. In your cell phone? Unless you have a Bible in your cell phone, see, which I do, which is wonderful. It's in the Bible, yes. So he's going to bring to our remembrance those things that he's taught us. That's why it's so important to hide the word in our heart. Because he's living in our heart. So he can just go, you know, I'm, I'm going to go and get this one right here. And, and he just gently bring that to our remembrance. You're struggling, wondering how your bills are going to be paid. He'll just get a scripture and, and bring it just... And my God shall supply all my needs according to, see there, just gently the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance those things that Jesus taught. He'll bring to your remembrance the scripture and the word, but he'll also bring to your remembrance past victories. Has God brought anybody through anything before? Anybody ever been down and God brought you up? Anybody ever been sick and God healed you? Anybody ever been bound but now you're free? Anybody ever been blind but now you see? Anybody ever been deaf but now you hear? The Holy Spirit will take you back and say, remember what God did for you here. And He is the same God. What He did, He can still do. The Holy Spirit will do that. He'll whisper. In your heart. Whisper in your mind. I've never heard him shout yet. But he'll gently whisper to me and just bring to my remembrance God's ability, God's power, God's love, God's scripture, what God has done previously. Holy Spirit. The thing is, it's a gift. And we either receive gifts or we reject gifts. This is one gift. I encourage you. Don't reject it. Receive this gift and make him welcome. Mm. Holy Spirit, be our guest. Come inside and give us rest. We're standing Invite him into your heart. Holy Spirit, be our guest. Come inside. Come inside and give us rest. We're standing united. We're standing here united. You're cordially one more thing that Jesus said to the disciples that I would like to say to you. One more bit of encouragement as you prepare for troubled days that may be ahead. He reminded them that he was their friend. What else will bring us the hope and the help that we need? Friendship with Jesus brings us peace. You've got your Bible, open it to John 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, 
than to lay down one's life for his friends. And then he said these words, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master's doing. But I have called you friends for all the things that I heard from my father, I've made them known to you. I love the friends that God has put in my life. I treasure them. And I trust that you have some as well. Talking about earthly friends right now. Friends who will listen to you. Friends who will be there for you. Friends who love you enough to actually keep you in line. I don't, need, I don't just need friends who will support everything that I'm doing. I need friends who know me enough and love me enough to say, you're off base. Stay on track. I like, I like friends who, who are courageous enough to give me a size 10 across my backside if I need it every now and then. These are size 10, so that's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> right? I've actually literally done that to some men in this church. Because <laughs> I love them. I love them enough. Straighten up. Get back on track, right? I like that kind of friend. When I'm in trouble, one of the things that I do, and I'm sure you do too, is we get on the phone. Or we'll just drop by even maybe. And we're going to say, you'll never guess what happened to me. And you just start unloading your trouble. And for somebody just to sit there and listen, isn't that wonderful? They'll just take it in and they'll give you the counsel that you need. Or maybe just listening. A good counselor, by the way, is a good listener. Sometimes we just listen. We don't have to know everything. We don't always have to have the right words to say. I found that out. Because we'll just listen and care from our heart. But have you ever been disappointed by a friend? Anybody ever been disappointed by a friend? Anybody ever have a friend betray you? Turn their back on you. Throw you under the bus. There's nothing that hurts more. You thought you could trust them with your life and with information that was completely confidential. And one thing leads to another. And another thing leads to another. And before you know it, you're no longer friends. It's hard for me to even classify Jesus in this genre or in this category because he's so much more than a friend. But I must because the Bible says, he said. See, he doesn't just want to be our creator. He is the creator of all that is. And that's so powerful and that's so lofty and that's so far off. After all, it's a, a being that is creating planets and stars. He says, I'll be that. I am that. And the Savior giving his life and shedding his blood. And, and he's up on a cross. And so many times we want to leave him on the cross. He's my Savior. And he says, I'll be that. But he wants to go another level with us. Not just creator of all that is. Not just the Savior of the sins of mankind. He says, I want to hang out with you. I want to be your friend. I'll be your friend, a friend that sticks closer than even your brother, a friend who will never betray you and betray your confidence, never, a friend who will just always be there with you, be there for you, a friend who loves you enough, I don't know what size he wears, whatever sandal, he loves you enough to keep you on track. That kind of a friend. Are you, are you God's friend? Anybody? That should help you in your time of trouble. 
You're going to probably have to stand on this one. But I like it. I am a friend of God. Come on, Jimmy, help me. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Put your hands together, say. for those who might be in the thick of it right now. Your troubled time is not ahead of you. It's already here. I want you to step out and just come and stand across this front if you're facing a troubled situation right now. And we're going to pray for you. Look at the contrast. God Almighty, Lord of glory, and still Where's the rest of the band and the singers? Come on, help me. Calls me friend. you are just in a temporary land you are just in a temporary home you are just a pilgrim you're just a stranger you're just passing through get up in your helicopter today get up in your hot air balloon today and see the fuller picture see the bigger picture today hallelujah this is just something else for God to take care of and in the light of eternity it's absolutely nothing I want to remind you today that you have everything that you need to be victorious and to conquer every situation. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are housing the most precious commodity ever given. It is the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
You have the power within you. You have a guide in you. You have a counselor in you. You have a teacher in you. You have one who will remind you in you. Talk to him. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Some people never pray to the Holy Spirit. I don't understand it. He is God. He is God, the Holy Spirit, yet we're always praying to the Father. We're always praying to the Son. We're never praying to the Holy Spirit. Talk to Him. You should say every day that you have breath in your lungs, good morning, Holy Spirit. I can't wait for you to guide my steps today. I can't wait for you to prompt my speech today. I can't wait for you to caution and correct today. Good morning, Holy Spirit. I want to remind you, you have a friend who sticks closer than any brother, one who will keep confidence, one who will not betray, one who will never leave you and who will never forsake you. We're going to sing this chorus again, and I wonder if I could get some believers just to come and stand with our family right here. Come on, stand with them and pray with them right now. They're already in the thick of it. They're not waiting for someday to come. That someday has has arrived and they're right there in it. Come on, just lay your hand on them. Just pray for them right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We're trusting you. We're trusting you. We cast all of our cares on you knowing that you care for us. We put our trust and our hope in you. Who am I that you are mindful of me? Glad you hear me.
today. The day can't get dark enough that God can't shine some light on this situation. Shine some light on the scene. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to keep having church here for a little bit, but if you need to go, consider yourself dismissed. Come out at 4 o'clock. If you can get here at 3, you can help us set up. Come on, let's just do a little praise break. Well, look what 